right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And no, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then to be taking it, you know, back to Mills College, you know, where, you know, that's where you got your um, your master's degree, and uh, and you've had other um, other celebrations there, but it's really fitting, you know, to have it in that location. Um, we're also joined by. Um, uh, Nimli uh, Napla and uh, Laura Elaine Ellis. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, um, yeah. So, I want to say hello to um, to Nimli and to Laura, and maybe get your reflections on this 50th anniversary. And and you're going to be um, debuting some new choreography and uh, artistic um, uh, work at this. Uh, 50th anniversary celebration. So, um, Nimli, why don't you go first, and then Laura. Uh, okay. Um, my name is Nimli. Um, I'm a former director of the Liberia National Dance Company from West Africa. I came into this country in 1984, New Orleans. So when I heard that jazz music, I was like, oh, that's where I used to live. And then I moved to Oakland in 85. So I met Deborah and I did some work with Sister Deborah during that time. I did a choreograph called the Forbidden Bush and the King's Daughter. So I choreographed something for them with performing. So this time she asked, I I saw yeah, I wanted to choreograph something else this year, which was last year and we performing it um this coming weekend. It's called the Breaking of the Summer Bush. It's like a rest of passage from Liberia, how the young children graduate from the traditional bush school to become a you know a grown up and how to they train them how to respect and follow more how to you know take themselves take care of themselves and if they want to become a dancer or they want to become a housewife want to grow up everything they teach them all of that. So that the choreograph and the performance will be doing this year. That's all. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Laura, so good to hear your. I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to hearing your voice. Um, Laura Elaine Ellis. Um, you, gosh, you're just all over the place. Um, I was at a conference last week, and I saw I saw you um, in a program. I'm drawing a blank on the name of it now, but it's um, it's an arts program out of the Tenderloin uh, in San Francisco, and it's got a really lovely name. and And I saw you in a video, and I'm like, oh wow, look at Laura. Yes, it might have been, it may have been the weight room, or um, meet me swiftly with your mercy, one of those maybe. Um, no, no, it was um, no? it was it's ongoing. No, it's ongoing, oh. and um, and you all were um. It's it's choreography that you created with, um, with with uh, uh, people in the tenderloin and um, yeah. and ah. yeah yeah and uh, yeah. I saw like Melanie yeah. Demore you know yeah that's what that's the project with Ann Wheatenthal I've I've been doing a couple of really um, powerful projects that have been mm-hmm. presented in the tenderloin <laughs> um, of that community with that community so. Um, yeah, maybe for over a decade now, um, whether mm-hmm. that's with Anne Blutenfeld's group or with Joe Kreider. Um, and, um, of course, <laughs> um, it's great to 
hear your voice too and be on the radio with you, Wanda, and you know, you've been supporting that in Black Choreographers Festival. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, things like the Black Choreographers Festival, other work that I do across um, the Bay Area, across the nation, and with Dimensions Dance Theater across the globe, <laughs> um, really wouldn't have been possible without me meeting um, my uh, one of my closest sister mentor friends, Miss Deborah Brooks Vaughn. Um, I found Dimensions Dance Theater in 1985. When I had recently graduated from Mills College, Deborah and I have that connection, I decided to move to the Bay Area um, from my hometown in Los Angeles. I grew up um, in Los Angeles dancing with the Wanda Lewis African American Dance Company from like the age of eight all the way through to, you know, leaving Los Angeles to attend Mills. And I was looking, um, after being at Mills, I was looking for um, a home. I was looking for a family that would um, really bring me back to all of the care and support that I had when I was um, dancing with Arwanda. Arwanda um, danced with Catherine Dunham, and that was, at that time, um, one of the foremost um, African-American dance companies in California. And then I find Dimensions Dance Theater, just taking classes, and I was humbled and, like, incredibly excited when Deborah was like, would you like to be a part of this company? I was like, oh, yes, I would. And I remember telling Deborah that I um, was maybe not the most amazing technician when it came to dance technique, but she would never meet anyone with more passion and love for the art form. I was 20-something, right? <laughs> so that was what I told her. And um, and I remember her, you know, telling me later she chuckled, you know, kind of at that. Um, but by 86, I was doing my dance, my first dance performance with, um, with Dimensions, and, you know, the rest is, as they say, you know, history. So here we are um, celebrating this 50th and... Again, I'm so incredibly now humbled and honored to have um, a new work that was commissioned by Deborah and is now um, going to be premiered as part of this celebration. It's just amazing to me that this is happening. Yes, yes. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about your new work? Sure. Well, I want to start by saying that Deborah commissioned this in 2019. It was Hmm. supposed to premiere in October of 2020. And y'all know where we were in 2020, right? On Zoom. (laughs) We were sheltered in place. So um, Deborah and I talked um, in numerous conversations about how do we keep the company, you know, invested in this work, motivated around this work. When are we going to actually be able to premiere this work? So um, Deborah was generous enough, and the company was kind enough to go with me on this journey. And we created a film that was co-directed by me and film director Desiree Galvez, who also edited the film. It's a beautiful film. And that, um, we finished that in 2021. No, uh, summer of 2020, actually. 
And then in um, this spring of 2021, no, I'm so confused. Oh, no, that's right. No, I'm sorry. 2021, we finished the film. This spring of 2022, we were invited to a residency, and um, that's that COVID thing, right? You lose track of the years. Oh, 2022, we were invited to do a residency in San Francisco, and we activated the space, the Minnesota Street Project Gallery. Um, we activated this very white space, and I mean white literally and figuratively, with our beautifully melanated <laughs> movement and art and themes um, called Ruminations Revisited. So we titled the film Ruminations, and then we did a work in progress of Ruminations Revisited in a site, right, activation, with community around us and just trying out some of this work for the first time in front of an audience. Not finished. We didn't have the full costumes. We didn't have our full lighting. No proscenium stage. It was low-tech, but super powerful. Um, and, um, and the piece um, is this journey. Um, it is the company in collaboration with, so 10 company members in collaboration with me on the choreography, two poets who also took the themes of Run, Witness, Cycle, Ash, Fly, who took the ideas of the piece, which is transversing moments in time, in body memory, in fever dreams, looking and considering, looking at and considering the resilience, the grief, the loss, and hope in being a black woman, a mother, child. They took these themes and wrote really impactful poetry that they're performing live. And then we have original music, that came to me from my friends, the choreographer Robert Moses and the artist um, Christopher Scarver. So there's original um, score. And we put all these things together in the space and came up with this piece that um, is really unique and um, really showcases the gorgeousness, I feel, of um, really showcases the gorgeousness of an individual nuanced performances of our dancers. Um, excuse me, Laura. Someone is um, okay. uh, doing, I don't know, we, I can hear water. <laughs> uh, some other things. And, so I, and I like, want to say, and, and there's um, the costumes I have to say. I also collaborated uh, with an amazing visual artist named Peterson Nerev, we were in the artist residency together at Minnesota Street Project, and she was so excited about that work and me about her art that she came on as the costume designer. She created um, original prints for some of the costumes and put all of her artistic touches on the costumes. They're really exquisite. Mm, wow, lovely. Um and could you tell us again what the name of the work is? What's it called? Yes. Ruminations. Ruminations. Revisited. Revisited. Uh, Ruminations right. Revisited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is so awesome. Um, I was just thinking um, about how uh, the work that, that, um, that Dimensions um, has, has created is um, – 
I mean, they are they are events. <laughs> I I I don't know if the last live performance was the one um, uh, on um, Project Panther Phase One, All Power to the People. Oh my gosh, that was so phenomenal. And and then I just think about in October as Black Panther History Month, among other things. <laughs> and 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 then um, uh, personally, um, you know, down Congo Line. Um, you know, with you know, with these wonderful um, four choreographers, you know, Zara um, Oliveira from Brazil, Latanya D. Tigner, you know, New Orleans, uh, Jose J. O. Rojas, Cuba, and um, uh, is it Hervé? Hervé? Uh, uh, Cayos Macaya, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. from Brazzaville, Congo, and and you know, just. You know, just sort of traveling the diaspora, and and that particular year um, was at it was at your Buena uh, Center for the Arts, and and my father had just died because um, my father's birthday is um, October twenty second, and and I'm from New Orleans, and so mm-hmm. and the procession, you know, people in their in, you know in white, it just felt so fitting, <laughs> you know, to be sitting there. It just sort of really really helped me and. And it's, it's. I just think it's pretty cool that you know this 50th anniversary is on, on on the anniversary of my father's birth, still. Oh, wow. And that's beautiful. And and I think that yeah. I think that might have been year 45. Was that Deborah? Was that 45th? I think that was the 45th. And you no, I think that was the 40th. But you know, 40th, inspiration yeah. for that work was I had visited the Congo, mm-hmm. and I saw the the legacy of movement and um, just how people held their traditions. And I was on the beach, and it just it just came to me. And uh, often that's how creativity happens. You know, you have a spark or a moment. Um, something will speak to you. And um, with all of the artists that we have been in touch with in terms of classes, workshops, this, that, and the other. I just said, like, wow, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could bring all these artists together and create a work? And so that was the conception of Down the Congo Line. And so mm-hmm. that's when I invited, you know, Isaura, uh, Latanya, Cheo, and Makaya to, to create this work. And we didn't know how that was going to happen but it it happened and it was very well received um but then i uh the other thing that i would like to mention is that um more recently after that i think we did the town on notice and that was yes. to address that was to address uh address the gentrification that was going on in Oakland and i don't know i still get so upset um, that 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 mural is no longer there because we used to be able to look out from the studio and see the skyline, mm-hmm. but we also could see the mural that was part of the history of like um, all of us that have been doing you know the work, and um, I think even after that, uh, I think I most recent collaboration 
before COVID and Deborah, and was, was and we have ourselves. Hello? Was, was we Deborah, have ourselves. The reason we can't see that skyline in the mural anymore is because they put up a, a 10-story, really ugly box, box building. Well, that's my point, the whole dis- the whole gentrification. You know, and so much has been taken away, and it's like that skyline is gone, and then if you move to the to the left, uh, um, the uh, intersection of 14th and Alice, there's now a building there that's an entire square block. So it's a challenge being an arts organization, and when I say that, I'm speaking in behalf of um, not just Dimensions, but all of the artists that are there for Fondia uh, mm-hmm. Congo. Um, right. The Amara I mean, it's hard for us to park because, like, the buildings have taken up all the spacing, and so it's just. Um, so anyway, I was speaking to the um, collaboration that we did uh, in two. Well, the most recent we have ourselves, and that was with uh, Latanya D. Tigner and Eric Lee. So mm-hmm. it's been a journey, I can say that, in terms of, like, one, a keeping or working with um, artists that are interested in upholding and preserving um, what has happened, you know, with our culture. Uh, and the challenge has been, you know, not only the pandemic but pre-pandemic. Justification. So I'm truly thankful and which, with much gratitude, uh, respect for all of uh, the choreographers, the collaborators, the dancers, the staff, families, students, um, that we've been able to, you know, hold this together for 50 years. Yes, yes. I want to um I want to sort of circle back around um you know your your origin story uh Deborah as as a as a dancer and um and bring bring the children into the conversation because you know Dimensions Dance Theater is um I remember my friend um um Vera Nobles, Dr. Vera Nobles, when I was a student um, at UC Berkeley, she and I were in an Arabic class together, and she kind of became my big sister. And and she, her children were taking classes um, with you at um, city city dance at that time. Um, and and I had never, I didn't know about <laughs> Dimensions Dance Theater, and and I went to a recital, and it was so lovely. And after that. Um, you know, I became, you know, I tried to, you know, be able to, like, attend whenever I could. This was back when I was a teenager. Um, um, I never even thought about joining you all, like, taking a class, but definitely wanted to see it. And and I just wanted you to talk a little bit. I want to lift the voice, the name of Miss um, uh, Ruth Beckford and, and, and having, you know, having the arts in the community, you know, particularly in the Parks and Recreation Center. Um, I also wanted to talk to you. I wanted you to sort of remember, remember your, tell us about, you know, how you um, 
you know, started dancing as a child growing up in Oakland. And uh, and then, Nimbly, I want you to come into the conversation because um, I remember, I think, when I first met you, met you, um, it was at uh, Ilioma Day, um, <laughs> you know, at at a at a mm-hmm. event that you did at <laughs> at Wose, um for the community, but it was a community right. dance thing. It was heck of fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, so Deborah, why don't you start, and then Emily, you can join, and of course, Laura, you're everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, basically, um, I grew up in Oakland. And um, my family, um, my mother's family is also from New Orleans, uh, Baton Rouge and other parts of, like, Louisiana. And my father was from Oklahoma. So my parents moved here during, um, you know, the war, World War II. And um, you know how people did it in those days. One family got here and then you made a way. Uh, or provided a way for the next family to come. And then as people were able to get on their own, you know, people spread out uh, and, you know, made their way. So uh, my family was one of those families. And um, my mother wanted to expose me to just different ways of being um, and not, some of the the ways of being was like learning how to take care of yourself in terms of, you know, uh, health, hygiene, uh, being able to provide um, provisions for yourself in terms of food, knowing how to cook, this, 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 that, and the other, Uh, even growing food. But one of the things that she also wanted to expose me to was the arts, and so I remember at a very young age, maybe four, maybe four years old, maybe a little older, maybe five, something like that, uh, because we were still living on Wood Street, and um, we went to various places to to see people, uh, what the music world was like, you know, what people were doing in theater, what people uh, were doing in dance, and then I discovered that. Uh, my family could not really afford uh, for me to take uh, private dance lessons because at that time, even though to, in today's world it wouldn't be that expensive, but it was too expensive for my family at that time. And uh, so a lot of um, the uh, growing and being in terms of the culture really came from the church. Uh, and and so I was exposed to theater as a very young age, but that theater came through. Do you remember the pro, the, the expression "you're on program"? <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, what that meant, you were in little uh, groups that had singing, uh, not necessarily dancing, but uh, you know verses that. Um, you know, you were on program, and you had to speak up and, and present yourself, you know, deliver. So those were the early years, uh, I would say probably grade school. And then in uh, middle school, which which was then junior high, I met a couple of friends because um, they would have 
performances. I went to, at that time it was Woodrow Wilson. Uh, They would have performances, and I remember my mother would help me uh, make costumes, and we would have little groups, and we would dance. And some of friends, and the friends are the the people who founded Dimensions, they said, oh, you should come and go with us to this dance class. And so I said, I can't go because, like, I don't have the money. They said, oh, no, it's free. And that was my introduction to Ruth Beckford. And um, I was uh, truly just amazed uh, with the program, which was at the Fernery, and it was free. And I was also amazed that what just her beauty and talent, she was a a beautiful, dark-skinned woman um, that just encouraged that we believed uh, had respect and dignity for ourselves. And, um, you know, that her program through Parks and Recreation it was basically modern dance, you know, creativity. But through that program, we just went all over California, up to UC Berkeley, um, just learning and discovering uh, what was possible in theater and dance. So um, from there, you know, uh, went on to high school, continued like, you know, dance, but... um, after graduating, it was just like, oh, okay. Um, you know, at that time, um, many black parents didn't believe in the arts in terms of that couldn't be a career. You know, you needed to do something that was more substantial. Anyway, I started at San Francisco State. And um, at San Francisco State, uh, I met Dolores Caillou which was also very instrumental in terms of uh, dance programming. And that's how I got a chance to, like, meet and dance with Alvin Ailey. I mean, Ailey, I mean, not on the stage, but Ailey came out, Tally Beatty came out, Thelma, I can't remember, Hill came out. I mean, so many choreographers came out to work with, um, you know, dancers in the dance program, I went on, after I graduated from state, it it was really kind of a a magical experience. Because of Miss Beckford, I was introduced to Catherine Dunham, and there was a play called Dream on Monkey Mountain. And um, Miss Dunham, Miss Beckford talked to Miss Dunham, and... Miss Dunham recommended me for a play. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with um, Derek Walcott. Anyway. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, my so, goodness. So I was in that production. <laughs> I was in that production at um, the Dorothy Hill Pavilion in Los Angeles. So I worked with them for about six months. But I kind of knew and decided then because during um, – my, you know, young days as a dancer, I would, we would go back and forth to New York. Uh, I was starting to travel to Africa. But I kind of knew that, you know, like, okay, this is a theater, theater world. 
and I like it. And what I appreciate most about it, it really kind of directed me in terms of like, oh, okay, this is how a company can be run uh, in terms of like the technicalities. You know, you have to be here at this time. Uh, You need this amount of rehearsal period. Then you need to like uh, plan out your production. So it it was the, it was a real lesson. But I kind of knew that I wanted to come back to the Bay Area, even after uh, Eleanor and I spent time traveling to, you know, New York and Africa. We kind of knew that, like you know, maybe we can do something that just kind of expresses like what the diaspora is, because like. When you talk about the continent, it's so vast. I mean, it's just not one thing, you know, because Africa has touched so many places in the world. So anyway, to to make a long story short, that was kind of like my introduction to um, Miss Beckford and also how we decided to form the company. And because of my experience as being a very young person, I must have been like maybe 12 or 13, um, (laughs) it made me see and understand how powerful the arts could be um, for youth, and that was part of my inspiration for forming... um, Rites of Passage program, and then I also saw the struggles of my own daughter, uh, Yasmina Fuabon, growing up, being a young black woman. This was a time of, like, you know, all the videos, um, how that could, you know, contribute to not just her uplifting her uh self-esteem, this, that, and other, but to help other other, other young women. So, um, and not just young women, youth in general. So that's Rites of Passage started really in 19, formally in 1993. And so we began just working free with, um, you know, kids because we had a space at the Malanga. And we were doing it prior to... Uh, 1993, but we were from pillar to post. I mean, we'd be at a church one week, then in someone's living room, and, oh, boy, it was a ride. But anyway, um, I saw the value of uh, how art could empower youth, and so uh, with this particular collaboration that we're doing with Nimley, which was commissioned by Creative Work Fund. And Nimley has recently been um, invited to be an ambassador um, to Liberia. And so I'm going to pass it on and let uh, Nimley speak about, um, you know, youth and um how it contributes to, uh, you know, their experiences in terms of uh, adulthood. And, you know, one of the things I I would like to to say also is that um, as people become adults, I mean, they might decide to become a lawyer, a doctor, 
uh, a housewife. We don't know. But we do know that um, they can be empowered by uh, arts experiences. So one of the things that um, would nimbly ask Dimensions to participate uh, in this uh, collaboration, um, we were thrilled because uh, not only was it providing an opportunity for uh, our youth, but it was also providing a memory and uh, a legacy that can be witnessed, respected um, for the Liberian community. Because, you know, like Liberia and the United States has that strong connection. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking. Hello? Yes. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> yeah. Thank um, you, Deborah. Yes, thank you, Sister Deborah. Thank you very much, Sister Deborah. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, Sister Deborah, you said something that really, really, I think it's all over the world, about dance. You know, like growing up, when you tell your parents why you like what you want to do, and they would tell you that's not a career, you know. Like, I was born in a Catholic family, you know, Liberia. Like Deborah said, we have a history between the U.S. and Liberia. It was the free slaves that went to Liberia and founded the country called Liberia. Before Liberia, it used to call Dukor. Dukor was the name of the country. But then when the slaves came, the free slaves came to Liberia, they founded this country called Freeland, Liberia, and the country capital city is called Morovia that was named by one of the former president of the United States, President James Monroe. So we have that relationship between the U.S. and Liberia. But what I was saying about children being young and people asking when you grow up what you want to become, and actually I wanted to become a dancer. And this is how I got into the dancing because my father was a governor. So every year when we have a big program, we will bring different dance companies to this place to perform. So I really love it. And then I told my mom that what I wanted to do, she said, if you tell your father that, you will never kill me. I said, why? She said, yes, don't say nothing to him. You know, I started loving the dance. I started doing it on my own. And then I went to all Catholic school. So one year, they brought someone from the Liberian National Dance Company to come and train us in the Catholic school for us to perform at the end of the school year. So I was in his, and I joined that group. So at the end of the year, when we did the, the recital for the Catholic school, and I saw the guy that talked about, I asked him, where are you from? He said, I'm from the National Dance Company. I said, how can I go there? He said, oh, no, it's far from here. It's like three hours away from where we live, you know. So I said, I would go there one day. And I did something. I started leaving home, not doing my work, school work, going you know, play with my friends and go to dance thing, go white dance people when I come to a tell thing and then you would beat me, you know, I was African family the way we really would be, you know, like that. So I didn't like the idea. And one day, so Deborah I wanted to really listen to this thing. One day I decided I would leave home at the age of thirteen. 
I left home and I went. I didn't come back. I joined the National Dance Company. But when I joined the National Dance Company, and you know, there's something we call TV, not nationwide. So we performed one day, I performed with the National Dance Company, and someone saw me on the National TV, they told my father, we saw someone dancing on National TV like your son. He said, that can be. Because they announced all over the radio, the country that living in loss. So my mother cried, cried, cried. She couldn't find me. And then one day, my father went and asked someone, where is the national troop? So when he went there, he directly went there to get me out of there. So when I saw my father, he got really loud. It was like 100 members in the national troop. When I saw my father, they asked me, do you know this man? I told them, no, I don't know him. And then he said, you don't know me? I said, yes, I don't know you. So the people said, well, you can't take him. He said, he don't know you. And they took me to the back room and they asked me, you sure you don't know that man? I said, I don't know the man. But unfortunately, when I went to the culture center, my name was Francis Napla. And my African my African name was Nimlin Napla. So I only took my African name because Francis Napla is well known. They know my father. But when I used the word Nimlin Napla, I gave them that name. That was the use. So then he they asked him about Nimlin, if you Napla and he's Napla, why you say it's not your father? So when I spell my Napla name, I moved the last letter. I put N-A-P-L-A. You know, when children are young, they do all kinds of stuff. And my family name is N-A-P-L-A-H. So they said, but sir, you and him, you don't have the same last name. And he said, but look, I'm the governor. I told you this is my son. I will carry him. And then I broke down and I told the people the truth. And I told the people, I don't want to go with him. He always beating me. So when they look at him, they said, Mr. Napla, we will keep him here. This is what he loved doing, and this is what he wanted to do. So give him the chance. So he told them, okay, and I stay at the cultural center. So my being at the cultural center, I started performing on national TV, and then I was well known. I started making money. So the announcement as the director of the Liberian Junior Dance Troupe. So I created a junior troupe for children. So when we, the National Troupe would perform, the junior troupe would open the show, and we would perform, and, we, you know, sometimes the competition would come the first place. And then 1977, they said a festival was happening in Nigeria. So they said they wanted the national troop to go. And then they asked me and some of the members of the junior troop for us to go so we can be able to perform for the country of Liberia. So when that's how I met Deborah. See, that's a long story. I met Deborah at that time. They carried the National Dance Troop at Festa, and we were there. But she didn't know me. I didn't know how we really saw their company. And, you know, so when I came in this country, and when I met her again, I explained to her, they said, yeah, that was our dance company, you know. So what a history, you know. And 
I love dancing. And since I've been here, I've been the breadwinner for my family because we had a civil war in Liberia and my father died. So my whole family, we have about 12 in the family. They were depending on me. So I want to uplift the family out of Liberia, somebody in Singapore, Ghana, and the U.S. here today. You know, I said it because sometimes it's not good to overlook a person because you don't know what that person will do tomorrow, like my father did for, to me, you know. So I become the breadwinner of my family up to today, you know. And then the country, after the Civil War, they lost a lot of things in the culture. So this was my first time going to Liberia. I wanted to go see my family, my father's grave, my mother's grave. And someone told the Minister of Information about me. So they wrote me a letter for me to become the ambassador for culture of Liberia. And I accepted that letter, you know, because everything they had, they, they lost. So they wanted me to come and recreate the National Dance Company again. That's why I'm going to Liberia. And the piece of dimension called the breaking of the bush. Like I said, I love working with children. When I got this grant, I talked to the everybody, and I wanted to do something with children. And the only person I saw that had youth was Deborah Dimension Group. And I asked her to tell me, man, who would do anything for you? What do you want us to do? And I told her about the piece. So that's how I was able to collaborate to do this piece. And I have worked with a lot of children from New York, Ohio, Minnesota, you know, up to Los Angeles and San Diego, and then Oakland, California. So I just want to say thank you very much, Deborah, for giving me that time to work with you. Well, thank you. Um, Nimley, do you want to mention how, because of the wars, there, Mm -hmm. I think there's only, what is it, six cultural barriers that are left that know yes, the yes. traditions, yes. and you are one of those persons? Right. Well, because of the war, there was nobody left. Nearly everybody died in the war. So yeah. the person that really know the history of the Liberian culture more was me and some other people, but they're in different country, and they don't right. want to go back because of that stigma in the, their mind that they want to go back, there would be another war. And I used to think this, I used to think the same way that I would never go back to Liberia. All these years, and people said Liberia was okay. Things have been better. When I heard my friends saying that, and I thought to myself, I said, I have to go and see my mother's grave because she was mother that was there for me always. You know, mother always there for the children. That one of my main purpose of going. And then when they asked me this, I said, Oh yeah, I can go and. Get a national troop together too because there's nobody there. Because on YouTube now, you put a Liberian National Dance Company, you will not find nothing good. You know, people just create their own thing. So I just want to go and really establish and carry the history that I have because I want to give it to the country and the children and the people before tomorrow the Almighty God called me because I don't want to take that with me. Then Liberia will really lost. So I just want to go and give the gift back to the youth and the new generation. Yes. 
Wow, that is so so wonderful. What a great story. Thank you. I never knew all that Thank you. Uh, about your background. Uh, and Thank we, you. Wow, thank you so much. My goodness, you were yeah. really, the spirit was calling you, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, to give so, up your yeah. family for dance for art. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yes. Now and now you're 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 a culture bearer, literally, um, and 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 Deborah to you know be a convener for such you know such greatness, um, and it's so yes. important. You know, dimensions really does. You know what you were talking about earlier about being uh, a space for the African diaspora culture. I mean, right. you really have done that in this 50 years um, that you. you all have been in organization. You know what? One of the things that's important to me is that our culture uh, throughout the African diaspora, and, you know, people sometimes don't realize that we're all connected. I mean, it's, yeah. Afri- it's Africa, it's America, it's the Caribbean, um, we are there. There is a connection, and like from my point of view, I don't want that to be lost, and I want to recognize all the contributions um, that are possible for people to witness, respect, and appreciate. And so, more so, so that the the, the culture lives on. Certainly, certainly. And then, you know, I'm just thinking about about, you know, the work that has been created, the work that has been commissioned and shared, um, you know, because, you know, with the um, the Rite of Passage, you have, they have a, um, they have a program and they perform work that they've choreographed, the children have choreographed, um, and, and also their teachers have choreographed. But then I wanted to sort of go back to, uh, you know, how you, were raised, um, you know, as an artist coming up through uh, Parks and Rec with uh, Miss Ruth Beckford, um, who, um, you know, who practiced the Dunham technique. And Catherine Dunham's uh, work was about whole, you know, was like a holistic in that dance is life. You know, it's not like you, we want to make you into a dancer. No, we want to help you live. And then I think about uh, Mama um, uh, uh, Naomi Duff, um, Washington, and and her her work with Diamantacora uh, about like you know we we want to help you live a better life. You know, the art is how we move, but it's not about becoming a dancer. You know, because we, no. we dance anyway. We sing anyway. You know, we write poetry anyway. No, it's about being a human being. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, I really, um, you know, and Emily, I hear that with what you, you're saying. And then, Laura, I mean, you do this in everything you do. You know, um, all of the different work through all the different uh, collaborations and your own organizations. That's what you all do. It's like, how do we... How do we create human beings, and how do we continue to be human? <laughs> you know, in the midst of all this. Um, yeah, right. and then also I wanted to drop in there. Um, you know, when you mentioned Festac, um, you know that um, you know Nigeria is um, suffering its worst flooding in a decade, and um, you know with vast areas of farmland infrastructure and two hundred thousand homes partially or wholly destroyed, and um, 
a lot of people have died, you know, 603. Others have been injured, 2,400. And over 1.4 million people are displaced. And, um, and, and, you know, that's, you know, like you know these geographies because you've actually been there. You know, some people think philosophically about the homeland. <laughs> but, you know, you all have traveled, um, you know, with your company um, to these different places. So you actually, you know, know this with your body. Right. Yep, yep. Um, one of the things that I would also like to say is um, that is also the importance of culture because so often in the media, you know, people don't hear about the history of what happened with the Mau Mau's, what happened with the Hutus and Tutsis. You know, um, that is not part of, like, you know, American news. And I just think that, you know, all of those, all of that history is relevant, and um, but if it's not acknowledged, if people don't know about it, I mean, if it's not, you know, even in, uh, with the case of Liberia, if people don't know and understand um, and recognize the social, uh, political uh, situation in terms of what has happened over time, we just keep repeating the same thing. And mm-hmm. I I truly believe that um, there this is an opportunity uh, right now to recognize uh, what our future can can be. So part of like my my struggle is how uh, you know even with the schools. Uh, how do people recognize that art is so powerful? One of my Answers is just keep doing the art. You know what I mean? Because I think it, it is one of the most powerful and influential things, but um, it's often not seen and recognized. But um, I, I, for me, the only answer is like um, you know, um, plan, gather, and keep doing the work. You know, and doing what needs to be done so that we can preserve and respect this culture, and I would say the same thing for all of the other cultures. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, because there, there's, like, um, so many diasporas. We don't hear about this. We don't hear about them, you know? So, anyway, I just wanted to to say and mention that. Yeah, thank you. Laura? Well, I am also hearing about uh, legacy and the passing on of tradition and the way we um, we show up and share and teach um, here in this country, right? Like the contribution of Americans of African descent. I, I hear. something is rattling. I can't hear. So I'll just say that again. Um, what comes up for me is is legacy and the passing on of traditions and um, who we are and and how we are um, as American citizens here of African descent and what we do share with our children. 
and what we do expose our young people to and the qualities and the quality of life and the things that really build and nurture our humanity, like the arts. Deborah's story about being exposed to um, all of the different ways um, of being um, and developing as a young person and that being nurtured by her family. I have the same experience, right, here in this country. Mm -hmm. I had grandparents that had their actually went, you know, uh, many steps (laughs) further and, um, and had their own performing arts school in Los Angeles right on the corner of Main and Gage, which was one of the more challenging neighborhoods um, in West Los Angeles. And so I grew up seeing um, artists caring about their community and doing activism through their art. And that modeling from my grandparents and then shown by my mother and my father. My father was very active in his church and had an incredible voice. In fact, he met my mother through my grandparents' um, gospel group, the Young Saints. Um, And he always said yes to community service and being a part of of nurturing young people um, through the arts and through his faith. Um, It's meant a lot. It's the reason I'm an artist now and why I searched out and connected to such a powerful individual like Deborah Vaughn, um, these, this exposure and this nurturing that we give our young people, it allows them to um, choose very well their life paths and the people that, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll surround themselves with to continue their journey on living their best lives. And absolutely what Deborah said is true, the arts, really do center and become the core aspect of what makes really great citizens in our world. Empathy, caring, vision, creativity, um, looking at their world critically and finding solutions to the issues that plague society, Um, really using our art and our voices um, in all the many ways that we are able to express to help combat all of these ridiculous isms, um, the, the social construct of racism and oppression. Um, these, these are powerful tools. The arts give young people that grow into really dedicated, caring, and impactful adult citizens. Art gives them the tools by which to make this world a better place, or as James Baldwin says, a more human dwelling place. That is the role of the artist. Yes, certainly, certainly. Um, I was wondering, um, if you have a few more minutes, I wanted to um, to give you an opportunity, um, all of you, to um, maybe share, um, uh, I don't know, um, I mean, 50 years is... Is is a big is a big big amount of time, <laughs> um, and, and I and I'm really happy that there is a film, and and I hope it's available because I didn't know there was a film, and and I hope there's a book you know with lots of beautiful pictures like a big book you can sit on your coffee table and just look through I, and say oh yeah I was I'm there, actually, and I'm actually working um, 
in, in the process of envisioning a book for Ruminations Revisited, actually, with the poetry. Valerie Saunders, one of his answers, actually said this as we were making the film because there were mm-hmm. so many beautiful photo images that came out of the, um, the uh, what do you call it, background, like the, the, the process, the scenes of mm-hmm. making the film. There was also photographs being taken as we were making the film, so there are these beautiful still images. And Valerie was like, we need to make a book with this poetry and all of these beautiful images. And um, mm-hmm. so that is actually in my creative, um, <laughs> like, you know, dream, my creative dream book. Excellent, excellent, yeah. And, I, and since you mentioned Valerie, um, I wanted to um, say an ashe for her, her father's passing, uh, Farrell Saunders. Right, right, oh, right. Yeah, I also wanted to add that, um, you know, we do our, archival video but we oh. are also yeah we we have two things that are um we want you know people to be able to share with um their classes um whether they be high school or college whatever but we also are doing uh, a 50th, 50th anniversary film Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's just in production as we go along. Um, so that's mm-hmm. – we and we wanted to do that because, you know, no one knows the future. Mm-hmm. And so that mm-hmm. could be yeah. something that is held and looked at uh, for the future. Yes, mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Yeah, I want to um, – I want to interrupt uh, – make a commercial right now really quickly <laughs> for our audience um, who um, may, might have come in after we mentioned that Dimensions Dance Theater is celebrating its 50th anniversary with performances October 22nd and 23rd at Mills College Lesser Hall in Oakland. And um, Mills College uh, is located at 5000 MacArthur Boulevard. And for tickets and information, uh, about Dimensions Dance Theater's 50th anniversary, you can visit their website, dimensionsdance.org, D-I-M-E-N-S-I-O-N-S-D-A-N-C-E.org. And, um, oh, one more thing. <laughs> and the performances are Saturday, October 22nd at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday, October 23rd at 4 p.m., and both performances will include a Q&A with the artists and company members. And tickets are priced at 15 to $50 with discounted four-ticket family packages, package tickets for $100 and legacy tickets for $500 to $1,000, uh, supporting the future of Dimensions' important work as culture keepers and innovators. So, okay, Deborah. Oh, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I just wanted to say people can also get tickets at the door because, like, I know that everybody is not into the technology in terms of <laughs> getting online. So I just want to say that. Oh, yeah, certainly. And if you want to give a phone number, you can. I don't have one here. Um, okay. Uh, area code um, 5, no, area code 463. Um, uh, Oh God, let's see. Okay, let me give, let me give another number. Okay, area code five ten three seven seven 
5164. Okay. All right. And so people can get information and tickets at that number? Yes. Okay, super. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was wondering in closing if um, if you wanted to maybe it would be nice to sort of hear some of the names of these wonderful um, programs that Dimensions um, has uh, produced over these 50 years, um, uh, names of collaborators, like I'm thinking Hugh Masekela, um Edwin Hawkins. Um, and some people are no longer with us, and some people weren't with us, like Cap Calloway. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I think about, uh, you know, uh, Khalil Shahid, um, you know, Oaktown yeah. Jazz Workshop. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, and is there live music at this performance, at the 50th anniversary? And if so, who? Yes, Um well, Laura mentioned the artists that have um, created music for her piece, but mm-hmm. Nimley has a battery of drummers that will accompany his work. And um, Nimley, you want to tell them the drummer, the drummers' names? Yes, um, we have Mohamed Kuyate, who's the drummer mm-hmm. that will be playing the drums, and we have. Eric Blibigo, he's from Avricos, that's my neighbor, um, because we have a border between Liberia and Avricos, and we have nearly the same ethnic group. So Eric knows most of the Liberian rhythm and other things, so I ask him to be part of what we're doing. And we have my son, Seku, he will be performing also at the show. Mm-hmm. Nice. And guests. then you have the voices of, like, the dancers that will be singing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, everything will be live. The dancers will be singing all the traditional songs from Liberia. And one of our lead singers that will be singing tonight is our sister right there, Laura. She learned most mm-hmm. of the wording, and she, she's a Liberian woman now. I call her Liberian. Yeah. <laughs> so she will, he's he's, she will he's, he's still coaching me. It's not easy. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's cool. I'm going to make you proud. I'm going to make you proud, Nimley. I'm going to make you proud. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's great. And Sister Deborah, one thing I forgot, I know, is we already about Sister Deborah. Do you know all this time, I only know you have a son. I do not know about the daughter. I heard the story today that you have a daughter. I didn't know. If she's coming to the show, I really want to meet her. You know what, Nimley? My daughter passed. Um, oh. My daughter passed. Uh-huh, my daughter passed in 2011. Um, oh, I was in Minnesota by that time, so I didn't get that, and I didn't I, even know you had a daughter. But right, she passed. Yes, I'm sorry, that. 2011. Yeah. She has some mental okay. health issues. Okay, all right. But stay, I know her spirit stay here with us. Yeah. And, and she's a beautiful that. artist, so yes, her spirit is here. Right. Gorgeous dancer, yes. gorgeous. Thank you. Um, just an amazing, amazing individual. Right. Beautiful Thank person. you. Thank you. Thank so you Laura, very much. one of those pictures, well, that, because we also have a section in the program that's a memoriam, but one of those pictures, mm-hmm. Laura, you were working with her. And she was like, I, what, 13? 
Yes, she did this incredible solo. She was this mythical, mythical bird. Remember that? It was one of the most stunning solos. She was so gorgeous. And um, just a highlight of of mine as a a young educator at the time, working with young people. Really, really special. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking okay. forward yes, to the me. show. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really, really, really awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to. I'm so happy that you're making this 50th anniversary film. Um, I'm glad that the book is literally on the table <laughs> and figuratively on the table. That's really great because, you know, we actually, you know, we need documentation for the future. Yeah. Um yeah, because our bodies won't be here anymore. <laughs> you know what? And that's, and I don't that's, know, maybe, that's, maybe, that's the last thing I'd like to say. For all the young mm-hmm. artists coming up, document, document, document. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe, Deborah, we can um, chat about, I have a monitor, maybe we can have the film set up in the lobby going with the ruminations. It'd be cool. Something to think about. Yeah, Something yeah. to think about. To think about. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, congratulations. If we, if we want to think about, if we want to actually think about anything else except for the work at hand during our tech week, that is. I know. <laughs> Rehearsals and <laughs> exactly getting, getting through the tech. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but all but I hope people will come out uh, and show their love and just like the work that we've put in over fifty years uh, in service of. Um, the community. I mean, we love our community, and part of, not part, all of what we do is to, like, honor, respect, serve. Um, so it's just wonderful if people can come out to see the work, you know, over the years. And all of the um, the, the the new artists to come, because, I, you know, like, uh, I won't be here forever, right? <laughs> so I I am uh, in a place where I am welcoming uh, the vision and creativity of the artist to come. Yeah. Okay. And if you have listeners that have not had the chance to experience uh, Dimensions Dance Theater, as um, Wanda said, it is an event. It is something to see. Because even in the rehearsals already, the theater is electrifying. There's so much energy, vibrancy, color, um, yep. light, um, and I mean light as in inspiration and, mm-hmm. you know, just power, in the, you know, through the performances. And our young people, they are going to burn up that stage. People are going to lose their minds over seeing the young people <laughs> in memory peace. Because they are fire, they're <laughs> so incredible, and I'm talking about the youth companies and seeing the youth company with the adult company. When we talk about legacy, seeing that through line um, mm-hmm. in the work is also really something to witness. Mm-hmm. And we also yeah. will have a part where where audience and community get to get in yeah. on embody, embodying movement. So if you come, you also get to have a little sense of what it feels like move through some of the gorgeous gestures and healing movement um, from ruminations. Mm, so that's nice. Yeah. 
You don't get that in every show where the audience right. is. <laughs> well, you get and it in, in your shows, but not in general. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because that's part of our tradition, right? Like the, mm-hmm. um, the Africanist aesthetic is that you don't have a fourth wall, that we include all of our right. community in the experience. So we are definitely doing that in this show, and that's really something to be a part of for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then I just think, you know, the way, you know, when we're thinking about, you know, African-derived dance and African-derived art that, you know, it's, it's always ritual and and it's always healing. So 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 you just come. You know, you don't have to be in a certain kind of space, you know, emotionally or like you know, spiritually or psychologically. Just get just get yourself there. <laughs> and then you'll be all right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. So um, thanks for the medicine you all. <laughs> you I just want to Send a, a thank you to uh, Nimley and Laura for um, them collaborating with the company. Uh, I, I have much gratitude and appreciation for the work that both of you do. And I uh, want to thank you for inviting us to be part of your programming. Oh, you're quite welcome. It's always lovely to speak to you, uh, Deborah and Emily and, and Laura Elaine. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And um, keep up the wonderful work. And uh, I'll be with you in spirit since I can't do in-person stuff yet. Um, okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you, Wanda. Right. Well, you take good mm-hmm. care, and thank you, everyone. Right, thank you. All right. All right. Take you. care. Peace and blessings. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So we're going to close with another Delphio Marcellus, and this is Raid on the Mingus House. Raid on Mingus, sorry, from House Party. Mm-hmm. 